study I'm excited about sharing with you again today. We're talking about some things that are so practical about overcoming negative thinking when we realize that that God's working. He's Holy Spirit lives in our spirit and he can guide us in our minds and give us victory today. We want to keep that up by talking about another part of that, and that's victory over emotional living. A lot of people live totally in their emotions. They don't even think clearly. The, the facts don't make any difference. What their emotions tell them is what they do. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I want you to listen to these words, verse 16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. So those are some of the things that will help us overcome emotional living. And emotions are a wonderful gift, but they can be misused and they can dominate and destroy us. Emotions are our friends, often telling us that certain issues need to be resolved, that attitudes need to be changed, that relationships need to be corrected. Just as a fever indicates an infection, an emotion can be symptomatic of an underlying problem. But if our emotions control us, then Jesus isn't. One of the best ways to know who's in control in our lives is to check our emotions. Are we dominated by fear or guilt or anger or resentment or loneliness or grief or worry or desire? If any of those are true, we're letting our emotions control us, and Christ is not in control. How we think and act usually determines how we feel. Therefore, our emotions must be accountable to the faculties of reason and will. If you're defeated in your life, in your spiritual pilgrimage, likely that negative emotions are paying a part in that. Satan's very effective in using the weapons of guilt and rejection and fear and embarrassment and grief and depression and loneliness, and we're very vulnerable to those. If you want to correct how we feel, then we have to correct what we think and how we behave, for blindly following our feelings is not the path to joy and purpose. The passage before us suggests that we're to do some things. We're to rejoice. We're to pray. We're to give thanks. We're not to quench the spirit. We're to hold fast to that which is good. We're to abstain from evil. It reminds us that faithful is the one who's called us. But in none of these things are our emotions to control us. We rejoice because we feel like rejoicing. No, that's not true. We rejoice because we want to rejoice because many times you won't feel like rejoicing. You see, that's the whole point. We're not going to depend on how we feel to rejoice. We're going to rejoice because Paul says rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. We give thanks, not because we always feel thankful, but because we are thankful and we choose to do it. We pray not because we feel like praying, but because we know that it's important for us to pray. I remember early in my life as a Christian, I would have a daily time with God, and sometimes when I came to that daily time with God, God seemed a million miles away. I did not feel his presence at all. And so I think, well, what's the purpose of praying? He's not here. But you see, what was wrong was I misunderstood the scripture. I misunderstood the truth because the Bible says I will, he will never leave me nor forsake me. So he's there. doesn't matter if I feel his presence. He's there. So am I going to claim what's true or am I going to act like it's not true? And you see, if I say, well, he's not here because I don't feel him, then I am denying his truth. But he is there, so I need to pray and thank him for his presence, even if I don't feel his presence. And if we do that, then eventually we will feel his presence. I want you to see the destructive power and deceptive power of emotional living and uh, how easy it is 
take, for example, the area of right and wrong. If you go by your feelings, then the bumper sticker that seems to describe most people's attitude today is right. It says, if it feels good, do it. In other words, if you feel like it, if you have a desire for it, if your emotions tell you it's okay, go ahead. Well, you may feel like eating too much, but that's a sin. We do that. I do that sometimes. Maybe you feel like having sex with someone you shouldn't, but that's just because you feel that way doesn't make it right. And so God's saying you can't go on how you feel. And in a song that was very popular some years ago called You Light Up My Life, and it says in that little phrase that it can't be wrong because it feels so right. That's not true. It can feel so right and be utterly wrong. I remember a man came to me and told me that he was divorcing his wife and marrying this other woman, and he said, it's okay. I prayed about it, and God told me it was okay. No, God didn't tell him it was okay because it's not okay. The Bible is very clear that it's not okay for him to divorce his wife and marry this other woman. And he was having an affair with this other woman. And, and God didn't tell him that. He decided that. And he placated his conscience by saying that, but it wasn't true. And so the, the point I'm making is that when we live and decide by our emotions, we have to really be careful. And the, the Proverbs writer said a long time ago, there is a way that seems right to man. It's the way you feel, but the end of it is death. In other words, it may feel okay, but it's not okay. And you have to to let God guide you. There's another area where we get deceived because we are measuring by feelings and we have an inadequate standard. That's in the area of salvation. If I ask you the moment after you received Christ and and if I ask you 25 years after you received Christ, the same question, do you feel safe? Do you feel like you've trusted Christ? Do you feel like you're really a Christian? Do you feel like you're saved? That's a very inadequate question. If you ask me, do you feel saved? I would say sometimes. If you ask me, what if you don't feel saved? I would say it doesn't make any difference. At one time, I gave my life to Christ, trusted him, and know that he's my Lord and Savior. So I don't have to question that. It's true, no matter what. And I think, I think that's important for us to understand. For example, uh, the assurance that comes is not an assurance that comes just by feelings. It's deeper than that. <clears throat> I've talked to hundreds of people across the years who've lacked assurance of their salvation because they had this order, feelings, faith, and fact. If their feelings were right, they thought they were saved. If their feelings were wrong, they didn't. But you see, it's not faith in our feelings that determines our salvation. It's faith in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. Faith is mentioned over 200 times in Scripture. So if we are to be sure of our salvation, we have to have our assurance based on the facts of Scripture rather than our fluctuating feelings. Many people want to feel something rather than to believe something, and that, that, that just distorts everything. And as I've said, I've talked to lots of people who were, who were having doubts about their salvation, and most of them, some of them had not really trusted Christ, but most of them had trusted Christ, but they didn't feel like they were saved, and they had to come to grips with what it really means to trust God in spite of your feelings. I think God actually pulls the rug of feelings out from under us sometimes just so we will come to that place in our lives where we trust him and not depend on how good we feel about spiritual things. And so we have to put our faith in Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. And feelings are the last thing. First, there's 
There's the facts. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. He died for us on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. If we trust in him, he'll forgive us, come into our lives, and be our Lord and Master. And that's the facts. And if we put faith in him, that happens. And the feelings come last. And sometimes they're there, sometimes they aren't. I've carefully read through the New Testament to just see what the Bible says we are to experience since we trust Christ. The Bible only says one thing. It's a faith experience. Believing is an experience, but yet multitudes are looking for some kind of electric sensation that will bring a thrill to their physical bodies or some other spectacular manifestation. Many have been told to look for such a thrill, but the Bible says is man is justified by faith, not by feelings. And so that's what's important. But what about feeling? Is there no place in saving faith for any feelings? Certainly there's a place for it. And we're going to look at that tomorrow as we continue our study. I hope you'll be with me.